Hi, welcome to Living Water Bible Fellowship's audio sermons. It's our prayer and hope that you'll be encouraged and uplifted by the preaching of God's Word. Stick around after the message to hear more about how to contact us. Are you a follower? Are you a follower of Jesus? I ran across a little story this week. A young woman wanted to go to college, but her heart sank when she saw the application, the question on the application. The question says, are you a leader? And she had to write no. She was honest, she was conscientious, and she said, no, I'm, I'm not a leader. And she figured her uh, shot of attending that college was done. Uh, to her surprise, when she heard back from the college, it, it, they said this, Dear applicant, a study of the application forms reveals that this year our college will have 1,452 new leaders. We are accepting you because we feel it is imperative that they have at least one follower. <laughs> uh, our, our world is such that, uh, yeah, we, we make something of ourselves that maybe we're not, or we're encouraged to be leaders when, uh, when maybe we should be followers. Uh, the following of Jesus uh, is a calling. We are called to follow Jesus, to turn our lives over to Him, to live for Him. What does that mean? What does that look like? Are you a follower of Jesus? Of Jesus? What does it mean to follow Jesus? Please open your Bibles to the Gospel of Matthew. Uh, Gospel of Mark, rather. Gospel of Mark. Chapter 1, verse 16. Are you a follower of Jesus? What does it mean to follow Jesus? Passing alongside, verse 16, passing alongside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I'll make you become fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on a little farther, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who were in their boat, mending their nets. Immediately he called them. They left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and followed him. Last week we saw Jesus move from the wilderness in Judea down by the Jordan, and he moved into Galilee. His first year was in the wilderness ministering and in Jerusalem ministering and then a key point in his life he turned to Galilee to start preaching and remember last week the the words of Jesus uh, repent and believe in the gospel of God last week we made a big deal about how God wants us to turn our lives over to him God wants us to turn our lives over to him in verses 1, uh, 16 through 20 are, are somewhat of an application of what that looks like. 
Jesus was uh, going alongside the Sea of Galilee. One day I hope to see the, uh, the Sea of Galilee. It's really a lake. It's, about, uh, it's a big lake, about 13 miles long by about 7 miles wide. It's uh, one of the lowest places on earth, about 700 feet below sea level. But back in the day, it was a great fishery. Uh, the Roman Empire, they thrived on fish. The protein of choice was fish, and so uh, around Galilee, there's a lot of businesses that were put into place. They, they'd catch fish, and then they'd export them around the empire. It was a, quite a business, a thriving business. Jesus is walking along the sea, the lake shore, and he sees some men fishing. And Mark says, because they're a fisherman, just in case you weren't sure. The fishing, uh, fascinating. I, I try to fish a lot. I, sometimes it happens, I catch a fish, and many times it does not. Their style of fishing was, uh, was fascinating. They, they had a net, probably 10 to 12 feet wide, a circular net. They'd wrap it up in a certain way, and then they'd toss it out into the lake. And uh, along the edges of the, of the net were rocks or, or some, sometimes metal. And so the, the net, they'd do it just right, so it'd be land out there in a, in a circular shape, and then the outside edges would sink down to the bottom, capturing the fish. Oftentimes they'd do it at night, uh, they'd use lights and, and different things, but to be that kind of a, a you know, th these guys, Andrew and Simon, that are fishing, you'd have to be in pretty good shape, because how do you get the net back? Well, sometimes they'd have, you know, they'd have certain apparatuses, to tighten the net and pull it in, but some, most often, the, many of the fishermen, they'd dive in, they, they'd gather the, the rocks uh, together under the water and then climb back out on the shore. So time, sometimes we see uh, Simon Peter, sometimes portrayed as a heavy man or a big man or something. I think he was probably in pretty good shape being a fisherman. But he, uh, they're, they're fishing, they're, they're, they're doing their work, they're, they're, they're doing their labors, their vocation, their normal life. And Jesus comes and he says, follow me. Follow me. Follow me and I will make you into what I want you to be. And they do. Maybe you're a, a school teacher, maybe you're a banker, maybe you're a, a server in a restaurant, maybe you're a college student, maybe you're a coach, a mom, a dad. What if Jesus came to you in this way and said, hey bud, follow me right now, because I want to make you into something you're not. I want you to become who I want you to be. Follow me. Would you go? Have you gone with Jesus? What does it mean to be a follower of Christ? Uh, I, I, I want to bring out several things from this text, uh, but the biggest point is Jesus still calls people today to follow Him. Jesus still is calling you today to follow Him. And I, I love, Luke, the way you brought it out. Sometimes we think about following Jesus. It's an initial decision. It's, it's an initial, let's go! And, and the rest of the life, there isn't any following. I think 
the, 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 the verbs, the way they set up in, in the scripture, following is a continuing action. It's an ongoing action. It's a choice that goes on and on. And there's many choices. There's many decisions. Maybe you, uh, many years ago, said, yeah, I'm going with Jesus all the way, but lately you haven't been walking with Jesus. Hear this as a call today to follow him again. What does it mean to follow Jesus? I want to tell you, following Jesus is more than belief. It's more than mere belief. How many people do you know on the campus of Adam State that say they're believers of Jesus Christ? Believers in Jesus Christ. How many people do you go to work with on a normal basis? Yeah, I'm a Christian. And then you look at their life. And it's so obvious that they're not following Jesus. In our culture today, it's so easy and so prevalent and so normal to say, I'm a believer in Jesus Christ. But it's so different when somebody actually does it. They stand out in a crowd. They're distinctive. They're, they're, they're not normal. And yet, the normal Christian life is to follow Jesus. It, it's more than belief. Uh, these guys, we look at this story, and it just takes our breath away. It's shocking. Who does this? Who, who, who's in their vocation? You know, they, they, we don't know. Maybe these guys have a, some loans out on the boats they bought. You know, who paid for those nets? Maybe the bank still owes those nets. These guys have families. They, they have people that love them and support them and depend on them. And Jesus says, go, and they just leave. Why would they do that? How could they get to that point of doing that? Well, they certainly uh, have a belief that is not merely an assent, not merely, oh yeah, I, he's God, that's great. They've made a decision, a belief that is more than, than what we see in our culture today is a decision, a, a commitment, a choice. And, and it, it's based on knowing who Jesus is. They didn't follow Jesus because he was just some random guy. They followed Jesus because of his authority. They knew who he was. Following Jesus is more, more than belief. Turn over, if you would, to the Gospel of John quickly with me. Gospel of John, chapter 1. Um, what I want you to understand here is that these men had a prior, most of these men had a prior acquaintance with Jesus. This wasn't the first time they met him. This wasn't the first time. The, the way Mark sets it up, there's, there's an urgency here. He shows up, boom, follow me. But we know from John's gospel that they had previous exposure to Jesus. Even they came to know who he was. So John chapter 1, verse 35. This is uh, John the Baptist during his ministry. And, and in the beginning of Mark, we realize that, that John the Baptist by this time has been killed um, arrested and, and killed. And, and John 1.35 says, the next day, John, that's John the Baptist, was standing with two of his disciples. So, so John, at the beginning of his ministry, he had followers, students, apprentices, who were walking with him through the life. He looked at Jesus as Jesus walked by and said, behold, the Lamb of God. John the Baptist testified to Jesus' identity as the suffering servant of Isaiah. The Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. Okay, they, they, they stopped following John, for at least for a season, and they started following Jesus. Because of John's testimony to Jesus' identity. 
Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, What are you seeking? They said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, Come and, and you will see. So they came and they saw where he was staying. And they stayed with him that day for, uh, it was about the tenth hour. One of the two who heard John speak and followed Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which means Christ. He brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which means Peter. So we, we see here that there's a season where Andrew and Simon Peter, they meet Jesus. Uh, and they've been given a testimony about who Jesus is. He's the Lamb of God. And Andrew becomes convinced that Jesus is the King of Israel. He's the Anointed One. He's the Christ. He's the Messiah. He's the one that's been prophesied and predicted. And, 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 and Peter comes to, to meet Jesus. And so these brothers that Jesus says, hey, leave your nets behind and follow me, they met Jesus before. This is, we don't know how many months before this was uh, the event and Mark took place. Uh, but it happened, and they became convinced that Jesus was the Messiah. And they chose to follow him because of who he was, his authority, his mission, his call. To follow Jesus begins with a belief. It, it, it begins with a belief. Do you know who Jesus is? Do you understand his, his character? Do you understand his, his identity, his ontology, his, his whole being? Do you understand what he is? We studied over Christmas for many months even, thinking about Jesus' identity. And so there's this, this cognitive coming to an understanding, this, yes, he's God. He's the Messiah. But if that's all you get to, so what? The demons believe that Jesus is God. The demons believe that Jesus is Messiah. Satan believes that Jesus is going to rule the world one day. The king of the ages. What do you do with it? You follow. To be a disciple is to make a decision to go with Jesus. To be a follower is to come to that conclusion that I need to do something with the truth. I need to do something with the fact, the reality. If He is God, I can't stay where I am. If He is Messiah, if He's Lord, I can't go on living as if He doesn't matter. Jesus called, and because of who He is, they followed. Have you followed Jesus? Are you following Jesus? Have you gone with Him? Or, as it is with so many people in our culture, is it a meaningless fact in your mind that He is God? If He's God, shouldn't you go after Him? If He's the Lord, shouldn't you follow? So these men, we, we don't know how long, they, they apparently went back to their fishing business. We don't know all the story, we don't know the backstory. There's a time where they left the Jordan, where Jesus was in the wilderness, and they went back to Galilee. Maybe they had bills to pay. Maybe they, they needed to you know, pay off some debt. So they went back to work. But Jesus found them, and Jesus called them. And this time they went. A complete commitment. 
uh, back in, in Mark, the, the saying in there in verse 17 is, is so essential and core. Follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Uh, it's really a definition of discipleship if you take it that way. A disciple is someone who's decided to follow Jesus because of who he is. A disciple is somebody who's being changed by Jesus. He's going to make you into something. A disciple is somebody who's committed to the mission of Jesus or is on mission with Jesus. Uh, what does it mean to follow Jesus? Uh, I guess we could sum up this passage by saying, to follow Jesus means putting Him first. Putting Him first above all things. Uh, what about your vocation? It's important. It matters. What about your job? It's important. It matters. What about your responsibilities? They're important. They matter. What, what about your material things, your house, your possessions? They, they matter. They're important. God's given, to you, given those things to you is to steward well, to take care of. But nothing should come before Jesus. Notice that these men, they, they, didn't, say, they didn't say to Jesus, well, hold on a second. Wait a second. Uh, I've got to do this and this and this. It's, you get the picture that as Jesus is walking, he's like, hey, come follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. Like it wasn't a, like a pause. You just wait there. For, uh, you, you guys uh, uh, go to side, talk amongst yourself. I'll just sit here for a few hours. I'll just wait here for weeks for you. I'll just camp out here and see. No, it was like, what are you going to do? Are you going to put me first? Am I the Lord or not? They, uh, they made a radical decision. They dropped their nets. They made a radical decision. They left their father standing in the boat. James and John... Um, that's a big deal because in the Jewish culture, honor your mother and father. That's the fifth commandment. And you're supposed to honor your mother and father, take care of them. They, they didn't leave them destitute. We see that their business is kind of thriving. They have servants. They have, they have employees. They didn't leave them destitute by any means, but they left. Because in their minds, Jesus had to be first. Uh, if you turn to the Gospel of Luke... Let me give you a contrast to the disciples' decision, a contrast to the disciples' choice to go with Jesus and put Him first. Uh, Luke chapter 9, verse 57. Luke chapter 9, verse 57. You can imagine uh, as Jesus' reputation grew and people heard Him preach and they saw the miracles He did, how people wanted to attach themselves to Him. And he was often calling them to count the cost. If I'm going to be first in your life, what does it mean? If Jesus is going to be first in your life, what does that look like in comparison to other calls or other voices or other opportunities? Verse 57. As they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. In other words, he says, I'm homeless. 
Uh, are you willing to give up your home? Are you willing to give up your security? Are you willing to give up your safety to follow me? Do you really want to come after me? Because there's no guarantee that it's going to be a secure existence in this world. Now, ultimately, yes, we know you will be secure because God is with you. But there's no guarantees that you'll have a place to lay your head if you follow Jesus. That's putting Jesus first over myself, over my security, over what I want from this life. Another man came. Uh, verse 59. To another he said, follow me. So this time Jesus is just like he did with the, the Andrew and Peter and James and John on the shore. He says, follow me. It's a, it's a summons. It's a command. It's a commission. It's a call. Follow me. And, and if the Lord of the universe says, follow, what are you going to do? But the man said, Lord, let me go first and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, leave the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Uh, we, boy, there's been a lot of ink spilled over the decades, over the centuries, over this verse. And rightfully so, because there's, there's some weighty, uh, heavy decision making here. But what's going on here? Uh, let me go bury my father. Apparently what's happening is that his father is sick. And his father's on his deathbed. It could be a week. It could be a couple months. It could be a while before dad passes away. And Jesus says, come follow me today. You know, Jesus is going to Jerusalem. Jesus, in this context of Mark, he's going to Jerusalem. He's going there on a mission. He has a purpose. And he says, follow me. And he doesn't mean next week. He doesn't mean two months from now. He doesn't mean next year. He means today. He means put me first right now. Uh, and uh, again, in the Jewish culture in this, in this setting, if the man would have left his father, it would have been scandalous. Everyone would have thought he was a loser. Everyone would have thought he was a, uh, a bad person even to leave his father. Jesus, just let me take care of dad until he dies, and then I'll follow you. And Jesus says, nope. I need you now. How great is Jesus in your sight? How important is Jesus to you? How valuable is He? Is He your King? Is He your Lord? Is He your God? Or is He somewhere lower on the level? Now, when, when Jesus calls us to Himself, it doesn't mean we, we'd stop loving our loved ones. It doesn't mean we stop caring for our loved ones. It doesn't mean we, we you know, separate ourselves necessarily. Uh, he's called us to love our neighbor as ourself, right? But when it comes to which one comes first, to follow Jesus means Jesus always comes first. That we always go with Him. We always decide for Him. We always make Him the center of our lives. We always say, I'll follow, you lead. And we don't put conditions on it. We don't put qualifications on it. <laughs> uh, some people say, well, maybe, maybe after I get married, I'll start to you know, be a Christian. Maybe after, maybe after I have kids, I'll take my, my life seriously. Maybe once I get out of high school, I'll, I'll follow Jesus. Maybe once I do this, or I do that, or I go there. And Jesus says, no, you've got to come now. You've got to follow me now. If I'm your Lord, you've got to come now. To follow Jesus means to put him first over all things. He's not going to play second fiddle to anyone. 
because he's God. He is the Lord Almighty. Yet another, verse 61, said, I'll follow you, Lord. I'll follow you, Lord, but let me first say well to those at my home. <laughs> it, it, it comes across as, I just want, can I go just say bye to my family? And, and what, what does Jesus say? No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Wow, that's harsh. That's hard. That's in your face. And again, Jesus is walking and he says, follow me. Coming? What? You, you, want to go back and, you want to go back to your life? You want to go back to the world? You want to go back to what you have in mind? I'm going. Are you coming? No one who puts their hand to the plow, no one who goes to work in the kingdom, they, they can't take their hand off the plow. I, I, I'm going to Jerusalem right now. Are you coming with me or not? It's quite dramatic and quite in our face. But, but we see this contrasted with the disciples that, that said yes. Andrew and Peter, James and John, as is, is, is Jesus said, come, they left. Have you left the world for Jesus? Have you departed the world for Jesus? Have you given up the world's trinkets and, and treasures for Jesus? Have you said, I'm going with him no matter what? Or are there still things that are keeping you back? Boy, our culture calls out to us all the time. Live here, camp here, buy this, find your life here. And Jesus says, I'm going, are you going to follow? Are you going to live for me? Are you going to walk in my dust? Are you going to go where I go? Are you going to let me take the lead? Are you going to do what I say? Putting Jesus first means obeying Him over all other voices, even self. Uh, following Jesus means it's more than belief. It's, it's a commitment. Following Jesus is, is, is more than a lukewarm commitment. It's an all-or-nothing commitment. It means putting Him first. Always. Following Jesus means seeking His glory. Uh, the disciples, uh, the men who became disciples and then later became apostles, the leaders of the church, at the end of Jesus' uh, time with them, uh, when Jesus was getting ready to ascend to he heaven, he commanded these men to go and make disciples. In other words, he commanded them to do the same thing he was doing to them. Go call people to follow me. Go call people to live for me. And I'll be with you always to the end of the age. Uh, he commanded them to, to make disciples, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. You know, it's an all or nothing commitment, what he's talking about. It's a radical commitment. Uh, when we go after Jesus, it means seeking his glory. So at the beginning of this, this uh, journey with Jesus, they have to decide if they're going to live for self or if they're going to live for Jesus and, and in very practical ways. Because following Jesus means they no longer set the agenda. Following Jesus means they aren't making the decisions anymore. Following Jesus in, in terms of how to live and, and what to do with their life. Following Jesus means that Jesus gives some marching orders. Perhaps he gives us these, these ways of living. Think about it as a circle. This is the will of Jesus. This is Jesus' teachings. 
And to follow Jesus means from now on, in all my work life and all my family life and all my uh, uh, entertainment life, I, I have to find myself within the will of Jesus. To go outside of the will is not to follow. To go outside of the will is to live for self. To go outside of the will is to live for another's agenda or my own agenda. Jesus calls and, man, they have to make a decision. Am I really going to live for this man's glory? Am I really going to live for this man's purposes? Am I going to live for this man's agenda? The things he wants done. He says he's going to make me into a fisher of men. What even is that? They, they wouldn't know until they went after Jesus. They had to decide if they're going to abandon themselves and their own, their own glory for Jesus' glory. Jesus, in another place, makes it clear what is happening here, what he's talking about. If you turn just a few pages to Mark chapter 8, Mark chapter 8, verse 34. And calling the crowd to him with his disciples, he said to them, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? What can a man give in return for his soul? Uh, whoever would come after me. So apparently there's a crowd gathered, and, and yeah, maybe he's hearing things from the crowd. I'll follow you, Jesus. I'll go with you, Jesus. I'll walk with you, Jesus. I'll be, I'll be yours, Jesus. And, and Jesus lays it out there. If anyone would come after me. Uh, so we, we know right away that, that he's saying to them, to follow means, me, mean, means to come after me and, and obey me. To live for me, to, to walk in, again, walk in my dust as a, a rabbi would lead his students. The students are behind. You're, you're going to come after me. Anybody who would come after me must do what? He, he says this word that is so anti-American. Deny self. You cannot be on the throne if I'm on the throne. Deny self. Man, isn't, isn't so much of our culture right now, do what you want to do. Anywhere you go, any, any kind of television program you listen to, any, almost any kind of advertisement is the secret to life, your best life is to find out what makes you happy. Find out what makes you happy and chase after it and run after it. And that's great. Sometimes parents, sometimes even Christian parents, they, they, they fall into, into words, something like this. Well, I just want you to be happy. It's, it's like the be-all and end-all of, of American existence these days. Be happy, and yet Jesus preaches a different message. Follow me means that we seek God's happiness, God's glory, God's honor, uh, which means to deny self. Deny self, not doing what I want to do, not uh, fulfilling myself with uh, all the things that I think I want to do all my bucket list, all my dreams, all my ambitions. Deny self to what end so that I can serve Jesus, so I can glorify Jesus. And then he ramps it up even more when he says, uh, whoever would come after me <clears throat> would deny himself or herself and take up her cross and follow me. Oh, I love the new cross on the new building out there. 
I love how it stands out. It's, it's yet to be painted. It'll be painted soon. And uh, it's, a, it's just a wonderful symbol of the call to discipleship. Because the call to discipleship is a call to come and die. Uh, a call to follow Jesus is a, a call to give your life away. Uh, uh, sometimes people wear crosses, and I, you know, that's attractive, but they, do they even know what it means? It was a, a method of execution. It, it's a symbol of, of death and dying and, and, and torture. <laughs> and I love the symbol that we have on our building of a cross because it's a symbol of giving our lives away for Jesus' glory. Um, the Roman government, what would they, why would they, why, why did they do the crucifixion thing? Why, why did they have the guy carry the crossbeam out there? They usually reserved it for like slave revolts or people revolting against the Roman government, kind of the, the lowest of the low, the poor, those who didn't have the money to die another way, you know, bribe people or whatever. The, the insurrectionists would be put out there. And so what they would do, they, they'd crucify the insurrectionists, the, the revolters, those who said, I don't have to listen to you, Rome. And so when, when they march people out with the crossbeam, we remember some of the, when we've seen some pictures, some movies where Jesus is carrying the cross. Uh, what are they doing there? They're saying to the, the person being executed, uh, you did not submit to Rome in your life, so now we're placing you under submission. You have to carry the cross as a sign of your submission to Rome. And when we nail you to that cross, it's a sign that you cannot rebel anymore against Rome. And so Jesus turns that around and says, hey, uh, I, I'm going to go to a cross, uh, but uh, you're going to have to carry a cross too. Pick up your cross. In other words, submit your life to me. Submit yourself. Act as if you're in submission. Act as you're obedient. Act as if you're my servant, my slave. Put yourself under the realm of the king, the reign of the king, under my lordship. Pick up your cross and follow me. And your cross could be so many things. But are you submitted to God? And are you seeking his glory? You know, when you die to self and you die to worldly things, when you die to your dreams to follow Jesus, you're saying, I want to live for your dream. I want to live for your honor. I want to live for your glory. And so that, that radical saying there, if you would hold on to your life and not give it away to the Lord, you're going to lose your life. He's talking about your soul. He's talking about your eternity. If you would hold on to, to your, yourself and make yourself the, the center of things, you put yourself over all things, man, eventually you're going to lose that. W would you really... Even if you could gain everything in the world, even if you could have all the glory, even if, if you could get any, anything you wanted and everything you wanted, if you could make your life about you in every possible way, Jesus says, so what? If you lose it, if you lose your life, you lose your soul. The, he, he gets preached in there, I'm sure. Mark tells us very little sometimes. But following Jesus means seeking his glory. Following Jesus means putting him first. Following Jesus means more than just belief as your friends believe at school or your coworkers believe, but they don't live it. They don't choose to follow Jesus. They, they, they don't honor him. They don't obey him. They don't trust him. Yeah, they believe in God. So what? It means putting him first, means seeking his glory. Following Jesus means loving him more than anything or anyone else. Following Jesus means loving him or 
loving him greater than anyone else in your life. Um, I, I, I can imagine the old, old man Zebedee in the boat. I built this business. Or maybe, maybe he went farther. Grandpa built this business. And you're just going to walk away? Blood, sweat, and tears over the decades. Fishing. And now this, this Yahoo comes, this rabbi comes, and you're just going to walk away and leave it behind? Why? Why would you do that? I, I, I don't know if, if you know, some of the backstories we'd love to hear, wouldn't we? Just like in the, the Luke passage, those three, those three men that said they would follow, but, but they weren't serious about it. We never t- hear how that turned out. Right? What happened to Mr. Mr. Zebedee, the, the, the dad, as, as his boys walked away from the business? Um, maybe they, they got to the point one day where they said to him, uh, Dad, we love you, but we love Jesus more. Um, it comes down to relationship, and what, what relationship is, is higher in your, in your estimation? I'm always going to love my wife, Lord willing. I'm always going to love my kids, Lord willing. Uh, I, I intend to serve them and, and would do anything for them. I intend that. But Jesus somehow, in some way, has to have a higher place in my life. Uh, as he did in these men's life. And uh, the only word I can think of that communicates that or encapsulates that fully is love. Not an emotional thing, not a... Not a uh, Romantic thing, but a love giving your life away kind of a love. That would, that's what it means to follow Jesus. Uh, another, another story that's told, Matthew 19, that gets at our point. Matthew 19, verse 22, or, or verse, let's go to verse 16. Matthew 19, verse 16, what does it mean to follow Jesus? It means to love Him more than anything. Here's a story of a man who did not love Jesus more than anything. Behold, a man came up to him saying, Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? So this is a serious question. He said to him, "Why do you?" Jesus says, Why do you ask me about what's good? There's only one who is good. If you would enter life, keep the commandments. Okay? So, you know, obey God, basically, is what he says. He said to him, Which ones? And Jesus said, You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You, you shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother. You shall love your neighbors yourself. So he goes back to the Ten Commandments and he pulls out another verse from Deuteronomy. The young man said to him, All these I have kept, what do I still lack? Jesus said to him, If you would be perfect, go sell what you possess and give to the poor. You have treasure in heaven, come follow me. When the young man heard that this, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. And boy, this, this is another one that hits us Americans right between the eyes because we have many possessions and we have many things. And we've been encouraged all our life to save our, our Roth IRA or our, you know, all our different savings accounts and all the different plans. You've got to plan for retirement. We've had that preached to us for decades. Man, if you're not planning for retirement, oh, you're such a loser. You're chaos. You're, you're setting everything up for... And so this man, he says, man, I want eternal life. And so Jesus sees what his heart issue is. He loves money. He loves stuff. He loves material things. And Jesus isn't saying, yeah, you have to leave your job to follow me. You might. 
You have to be willing to say, I'm going to leave that. He's not saying you have to lose all your possessions to become a Christian uh, or, or follow him. You might. In some, he's not saying you have to leave family and friends and all this stuff. Uh, as the Lord, maybe the situation is you might, but you don't necessarily have to do it. But for this guy right here, right now, Jesus says he, he sees a serious man who's pursuing him, who wants life, eternal life. He wants God at the center of his life. And he calls him out. What about your stuff? And, and Jesus knows his heart and he goes, I know you love your stuff. So let's see what you love more. You say you want God. You say you want eternal life. You say you want to go with him. Uh, you, want, you want to be found in the kingdom. Tell you what, here's, here's a test to see what you love most. And if you trust God or not. Go sell all that you have and give to the poor. Come follow me. The man wouldn't do it. The man wouldn't do it. And, and he went away sad. And we, we don't find out how this ends. Will we see this man in heaven? Doubtful. Jesus said to him, come follow me. Put other things aside. Put your other loves and your other, your other passions and commit to me as your first love. Uh, uh, I, always, I always need to say this after I read the, these verses. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom and all these other things will be added to you. Uh, out of Matthew, and what that means is, is that it's not that if you give your life away to Jesus, you'll always be destitute, you'll be homeless, you'll, you'll uh, never have what you need. The, the opposite is the, is the case. If, if you are pursuing Jesus and putting Him in the kingdom first, God will take care of your needs. And He says, seek first the kingdom of God and all these other things will be added to you. Will you trust Him? Will you love Him first? Will you put Him in the first priority? Will you place Him in the first position? That's what this gets at. Are you following Jesus today? Or are there other gods in your life that are getting higher attention? Other gods in your life that are getting your worship instead of Jesus? Are there idols in your life that you're living for that fall far below Jesus, but they're getting all of your attention? Are you living for something else? Uh, surveys and uh, questions uh, among high school students and college students these days, they always fall along predictable lines in America. Uh, some 65-70% of college students say that they love Jesus. Uh, but when it comes to practice and belief, uh, only 15 to 20% say it, it's, it's, uh, you, you have to be married before you can have sex. Or uh, certain, certain things where, yeah, I believe in Jesus, but when it comes to loving Him, you can't tell me not to live with somebody. I, I, I believe in Jesus, but when it comes to loving Him and obeying Him, you can't tell me that I can't lie on a resume. What does it mean to love 
Him? What does it mean to pursue Him? What does it mean to put Him first? Um, Are you doing that? Is is He first or not? Is He the one you love or not? Are you seeking His glory? Uh, Well, in in Mark, and I I will finish here very quickly. In in Mark, uh, Jesus says to these men, Come follow me and I'll make you fishers, make you become fishers of men. Uh, So when you follow him, what's going to happen to you is that Jesus, he's saying to these men, I'm going to make you into something you're not. A disciple is someone who's being transformed by Jesus. Um, Following Jesus means that we are going to participate in our transformation. Following Jesus means we're committing ourselves to growth and change and transformation because Jesus is going to start a work in us that he's going to carry on to completion. You can write down Romans chapter 8, verse 29. Romans chapter 8, verse 29. Uh, God's purpose in your life is to conform you to the image of Christ, meaning He's going to make you a person of Jesus' character. He's going to bring about the fruit of the Spirit in your life. He's going to transform you into a person that He can use. Uh, Following Jesus means being committed to transformation or participating in our transformation. Uh, Following Jesus also means going on mission, or participating in the mission of Jesus. Follow me, said Jesus, verse 17, and I'll make you, make you become fishers of men. Uh, doesn't that sound positive? We're going to go bag some women. We're going to go bag some men. We're going to go capture people in a net. What do you usually do with fish? You kill them. That doesn't sound very positive, does it? Jesus does, however, mean it in a positive way. Remember last week when Jesus came, John the Baptist came preaching. John the Baptist came preaching. He's saying, man, repent for the kingdom of heaven is here. The kingdom has come. God's reign has come, meaning that God is setting up his kingdom. He's bringing his world. And and along with that, if if people don't conform or comply or come into the kingdom, there's going to be judgment. And Jesus said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. And it's a context of God, the judge is coming. He's going to judge the world. You better get ready. The axe is at the root of the tree. You better repent. You better turn your life around while there's still time. And so Jesus, when he talks about fishing for people, it's a benevolent thing. It's a grace thing. It's a a love thing. Man, we got to get them into the kingdom. Before it's too late, we got to get people. This is about saving souls. We, we got to be about the work of, of rescuing people and delivering people. We got to get them into God's net. Got to bring them into God's kingdom. Got to save them before the end comes. I'm going to make you into the people that can participate in my mission. I'm going to work in your life. Once you start to follow me, I'm going to, I'm going to bring trials and tribulations in your life to shape you and mold you into the woman I want you to be. I'm going to allow these things to happen and these things to happen because I'm going to shape you and mold you into a person of character and love and grace. I'm going, to, I'm going to make you into someone who's passionate about pursuing what's passionate to me, what's passionate to me, which which is about bringing people into the kingdom, which is about saving people, which is about sharing the gospel and seeing people transformed. We're going to catch a lot of people for God's glory. In other words, when you start to follow Jesus, if you follow Jesus, it means you are called to mission. But when you're called, he's going to qualify you to do it. He's, he's, these, men, these men weren't 
you know, the top pick of the litter, the top of the class. They didn't pass some test to, to be chosen. God chose them, and then he, he says, I'm going to train you, I'm going to transform you, I'm going to make you into the men I want you to be, so that you can participate in the greatest mission the world has ever seen, eternal life, eternal values, eternal things. That's what we're about. Won't you follow Jesus? Why wouldn't you follow Jesus? Are you following Jesus today? Follow the Lord Jesus Christ. That is your calling. Thank you so much for listening. The gospel according to the Bible is that Jesus Christ, who was and is the eternal God, took on human flesh, was born of a virgin, died for our sins on the cross, and rose from the dead three days later. He then ascended to the Father's right hand, where he sits making intercession for his people, and right now he is establishing the kingdom of God on earth. You can enter into a saving relationship with God by repenting of your sins and placing your full trust in Jesus' life, his death and resurrection on your behalf. In Christ, you will find forgiveness, acceptance, freedom, peace, hope, and a future. If you would like more information about Christianity or Living Water Bible Fellowship, visit our website at livingwateralamosa.org. God bless.